Let me tell you a little something about the chronic gals. Just two best buds and they're very best pals. Talking about cannabis, that good, that tree. So grab a joint and just spark with me. Hey! Hi, everybody. Welcome to Chronic Gals. I'm Riley. And I'm Ashleen. And we're here for another episode. Thanks for being here with us. Yay. We also have producer Ev on the mic. What's up? What's up? Hello. Welcome. You're always here. You're always, <laughs> You're always here. here. But welcome anyway. Here. Welcome us. Welcome you. Welcome you listeners. We're happy to be here. This is going to be a really fun episode today. Yo. We are so excited to have spoken with, I feel like my mm-hmm. grandma got weird there, but to have spoken with Charlotte Blocker. She yeah. is amazing. She worked on um, the bill that changed the legal status of psilocybin in Oregon, and we're going to get into all that plant medicine juiciness. So cool. But first, we're going to do some housekeeping. Always. Clean our house a little bit. Um, We just don't forget to tune in to our latest Chronic Gals After Dark, number nine. Nine. I was going to say 11, so I would be so wrong. I'm pretty sure it's nine. I don't think we've quite hit 10 yet, but we're like right there. We're so close. (laughs) Number 10 is coming out soon. Yeah. Number nine was an awesome episode. (laughs) It was so fun. We um, asked the internet to send us joints and the internet provided. They did. Thank you so much. I was a little surprised. I thought that we were going to turn to Reddit, which would have been an awesome choice too. I know. I know. But people sent us their photos. Yeah. So thank you to all of those amazing people who sent us pics of their crazy super neat joints mm-hmm. um please go check it out watch it it's way more fun on instagram yeah if you are an avid audio listener to our show um you should try and go watch us on instagram because we're pretty fun yeah but if you can't then we do have all of the pictures of the joints that we rated on our instagram feed so you can yeah. check them out and you can rate them yourself and comment or, you know leave your rating in the comments yeah Exactly. So, can I say one something about one of them? Just because. Yes. Okay. Uh, the blunt that was rolled. It was like a backwood rolled with like a, a little, little baby like, blunt? swisher one. Yeah. I laughed so hard because <laughs> it had like the same effect as like looking at a narwhal. Yeah. You know, that, like, totally. It mm-hmm. was like shocking and like pleasant, and I was like, that looks awesome. That was such a good ending. Yeah, like, I that love one, that one. That was a solid ending. Yeah, yes, that, that one was great. so good. I love that. And it was like, wasn't it like, not a late submission, but I yeah, forgot we about it or something. It, we did, and, yeah. Or we got it and we didn't check that mailbox or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, whatever happened, it was like, yeah, like a late submission and yeah. there were some... Oh yeah, no it didn't, oh. Oh, so it was this, a video. It was a video that didn't come up until after we had started the live. Yeah. Because he had sent us, so this was a uh, Ford Bybee. He'd sent us, like, here's my blunt submission, and then nothing attached to that. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But then it showed up, so I, I didn't even see that after you oh, commented it. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Go check it out on Instagram. Yeah, it's a cool-ass blunt. Chronic Gals underscore podcast. There's truly some wacky shit on there. Yeah. So wacky. Yeah. I follow Art of Rolling on, subred- on Reddit. It's a subreddit on Reddit, and it's called <laughs> Art of Rolling, and... The ones you got are some pretty crazy joints. Really? Yeah. Even like based off of like the Reddit Or the Scorpion thing? one. Did I see that? No. Scorpion. No, no. no there was us. a... I'm going to go check it out. I know. I don't want to spoil it. I want people to go look. Well, you already but... spoiled the dope, dope ass blunt. It was a... No, it was a reindeer. Yeah. This yeah. one? The yeah. reindeer. It was a reindeer. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so. Oh, no. This one was amazing. We're just going to go yeah. over yeah. <laughs> The cube. The 3D cube. Yeah, I don't amazing. get that one. I don't know. If, is it? Do you think it's really a cube, or is it like a flat version of a cube? No, it's really it's real, a cube. Real look cube? at the look at the shadow. Yeah, there's depth. Yeah, 
Um, How do you smoke that? What do you light well, it? Well, you have to light it from the opposite end because so right? then it'll hit everything. Yeah. Okay. But you smoke it out of that. Yeah. Long you, end. Yeah. You hit this and then wow. you spark it at the at the bottom corner. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out on Instagram because you are obviously not looking at what we're looking at. Right now. <laughs> but um, it'll be a treat for you guys. Yeah, and it was a super fun episode. We had a lot of people jump on the live, and that was really yeah, cool. Was just... We love engaging with you guys. So if you if you're ever able to make it, please on do. Thursday, every other Thursday, it's not the Thursdays that the episodes release. Right, it's the opposite, opposite Thursdays. Thursdays. So you get us every week, you guys. If you really wanted, you get us every week. I want it. I love it. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that was really Honey fun. Goes, Go check it out. CG After Dark. It's um, fun. We also have to give a huge shout out shout to out. Peace Water. Thank you so much to Peace Water. They sent us um, a sample of their product, which I have used before. We both I, have yeah. used it before. I think I've actually bought it before. I don't think I've ever bought it, but I've used it in other people's pieces. Yeah. So Peace Water is this solution that you put in your glassware, in your bongs, in your bubblers, whatever you got, and it um, traps. Yeah. The Scoobies and the resin balls and all of the stuff that normally clings to the glass and gets your piece dirty, it, like, stays suspended in this solution. Yeah. And it's, like, all natural. It's completely safe to smoke through, <laughs> just like water. They won't tell you what the solution is because oh. they – I mean, it makes sense. It's proprietary. Yeah. But, but it's I mean, of course, it's all natural, safe, mm-hmm. and non-toxic. Yeah. But please don't drink it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, like – a really nice chug, yeah. Feeling in, in it says please don't drink it, and you say it's a really nice chug. Yeah, when you're like when it's in a bomb, yeah, 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 it has like it's like slightly denser. Thick. You can just feel than it. regular water, I'm gonna put, I, and you can kind of hear it when you're even shaking yeah. it. Like it just sounds a little bit heavier. Go, go, go. Watch me pour this all over the table. Have you guys heard? I'm of like thick holding water? my breath. I don't know why. Huh? <laughs> have you guys heard of thick water? No. For people who have trouble swallowing, there's like a thick water that they put in a jar weird it is weird we should try it we should have done a how do you make that uh, a sound chug wait what do you mean a what chug i should have done with water and then with peace water to see if there's a sound (laughs) but uh yeah this dude chugged the whole like 30 ounce jar of it is it like aloe water it's like, like have you ever had aloe vera water where it's like chunky? Yeah. Is it like that? Like, no. It's it's clear. It oh. comes in this big bottle. Oh, and... it's not really. It's like not all the way clear though. Yeah, it's which like, is almost weird. Like, not, um, it almost is like aloe vera juice or something. Mm-hmm. Or I just or like I just coconut want to water is kind of. Quick. I guess it's not that thick. I feel like coconut water is thinner. Yeah. Oh my god. It looks like I know that guy. Look at it. So Ew, it's like, it's like a corn gel. syrupy almost. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. That's really thick. And that's it's for people who have trouble swallowing. Yeah, but it was like a trend on inter- on the internet because like so how like weird it is. So like people found it on the internet. Yeah. Just because of how weird it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's to hydrate people <laughs> who can't swallow well on just water. They have to have something. Interesting. But everyone says it's, it tastes kind of gross. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's I too bad. I'm listening to him right now. Yeah. Uh, He's gagging. Oh. How do you... Okay, so... Oh, he's... No, he probably just wiped his mouth. I found this person on Instagram, and I do not know their name, so I apologize, but they're allergic to water. How is that a thing? I don't know. But she has... Like, her whole thing is about being allergic to water, so you can educate yourself. Yeah. I didn't get that far in. Yeah. But I watched her reel, and she was like, 
I'm allergic to water, and then I, that's all That's as far as you got. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if it's, because like, how can you truly be allergic to water? We're like 75% like, right. water. I wonder if it's like something in tap water or something. I don't Maybe. know. I, I guess we'll have to do our research. Yeah. But bringing it back to peace water, peace water is actually, is really amazing. It is amazing. For your bongs. Like, I, I don't know, it, it stays relatively clear. You see, like, the, the little scoobies and stuff that get caught, but nothing yeah. ever right connects now? to your glass. It's in the orange one right now? It's in the orange one right now, yeah. Dude, yeah, I can already tell the whole, literally the whole thing, thing is, is clean. cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's we cleaned it the other day. Good. Yeah. yeah. And, like, all of those scoobs that get stuck, get stuck in, get stuck on the wall of the glass, get stuck in the matrix of the piece water. And you can even see, like, this part of the down stem like you can totally. see how it's dirty where the peace water doesn't reach mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. and then, then you look right next to it and this part where the peace water does like come in it's all clean it's awesome it's i awesome. freaking love peace water so thank you guys so much for sending us a bottle another cool point about peace water um our good friend dabby potwin she puts it in her dab rigs and it doesn't it like globs the dab or like the Reclaim. The reclaim so it doesn't like get stuck all over your glass piece so it's just like an easier way to clean it love that so yeah works for dabs and bongs mm-hmm. dab rigs and bongs so go check out peace water online <laughs> they're on instagram they're super super cool peacewater.com we'll set, that put p-i-e-s got it we haven't even smoked anything yet no we haven't p-i-e E C E W A T E R dot C O M peacewater.com. And we'll put the link in the show notes too. So thank you, yeah. Peacewater. Thank we you, love Peace you. Water. This is great. I'm so excited that we're in the same room together. <laughs> As we, you're in our bombs. Right? <sighs> so amazing. So great. So another cool thing that we're gonna do on this podcast now is called the farm feature. Yay! <laughs> Let's spark up. Let's do it. So instead of just like having random weed that we just find around, we're now intentionally going to spotlight some of the farms that we love. So we're all going to bring different types of weeds from that farm or processor. Yeah, different products. And we're going to just give them a little test. A little testy. A little testy test. What's our farm feature this week, Ashleen? Doc and Yeti. I love these guys, and I've loved them the entire time I've worked in the industry. They are a, I think they're a tier two farm out of, I believe, Tumwater, Washington. Or maybe closer to, I don't know. But they're um, in Washington, and they're amazing. They've always had really, really great looking uh, strains. They're... Um, the flower always looks so good. It's super frosty. They're this is the bud that your bud tender is buying. Right, right, for sure. Their Dutch treat is I like I have said forever is like one of their my favorite Dutch treats I've ever smoked, and it's like treat. consistent to this day. Okay. Um, so we're doing giving Doc, Doc and Yeti some love. I love that. Um, what did you pick up? I have Banana Wonder here mm. from them. It is a it is clocking in at twenty one point seven five percent total cannabinoids. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is. I wonder if there's info on the, the internet. Oh, I was looking for my mouse and there's not a mouse. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it smells really sweet. Yeah, <clears throat> off very the bat, super fruity, but not like tropical fruit. More like cream, like banana. So spot on with the name. 
And maybe it's crossed with like a Willie's Wonder or something like that. I'm not sure. But mm. it's delicious. And we're going to give it um, a quick taste in Stu, the studio piece, who is currently filled with peace water. Love it. So let's uh, cheers, you guys. I hope you guys are smoking on something good, cool and great. And if you have a farm that you guys want us to feature, uh, DM us, email us, send us a link, and we will do our very best to find um, the weed. And also, Washington and Oregon, mm-hmm. both both at states, because access, access, exactly. Yeah. So immediately, I get like hit right between the eyes. When it's when it's like shoots you up so fast, you're like, oh, hold on, I need to bump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a consistent feeling I get with Banana Wonder, but it's not like so overwhelming that it's scary, you know. <coughs> it tastes really good. It's super fresh and beautiful. Yeah, it definitely does hit you like right smack in between your eyebrows. Yeah, that's nice. I like yeah. that a lot. Super smooth. Tasty. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Doc and Yeti, I'm here for it. Mm, it smells so good. Seriously here for so much of what they got going on, though. Um, just, when you find a good brand, yeah. And they are really amazing about their R&D, too. Like, I visited yeah. their farm once, I think. Once or twice. And they have this whole little area that's dedicated to research and development as far as, like, I don't think they do the actual crossing, like, strain crossing mm-hmm. in themselves, but they, um, you know, test every seed they get and every clone they get to make sure that it is of Doc and Yeti quality. Oh, good. And it's something that can be grown consistently and sustainably, and they just put a lot of work into it, and I just love what they're about. Yeah, and their website is very... Um, intuitive? Is that what I want to say? It's very informative. Li- informative. And Accessible. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just it a well. easy to navigate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> when I picked up the, what was Dutch dessert? Dutch dessert. I picked up a uh, Cascade train with it, and then I just let Riley pick whichever one she wanted, and I was just going to smoke the other one. And I smoked Cascade train at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And I was up for, like, hours. Oh, no. Yeah. Which, like, I was cool with because... You're a sativa uh, guy. Yeah. I know, like, you're, that's... Yeah. But I was just very oh. surprised with how late I was awake. Yeah. It really just gave you a, an energy. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so excited Dude, to d- doesn't it. it smell like... Wait, hold on. Wait, let me just... Let yeah. me... Yeah. So I just opened <laughs> Dutch Dessert, which is the other Doc and Yeti that I have, on first... Nose, it smells like a strawberry Danish. Does it not? Did I smell it all myself? I think, you take up all it all. The, I, think I smelled no, hold it on. all. Just give me a second. Totally smells like a strawberry cheese Danish. I can, I get that. I get exactly what you mean. It's like sweet and vanilla y. Vanilla. Yeah, that's good. It totally is a Dutch dessert. It's totally a Dutch dessert. What do you think? What did you think? What, what, what is this a pastry that you would eat? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I feel like I think I picked up a gram of this a couple of days ago, and I smelled it, and I was like, "Whoa, this smells like a pastry!" Like See? that was my straight up initial reaction. That's hilarious. Yeah, amazing. Vanilla was definitely it's a it little fruity, nose, yo. creamy. Yeah, and it's like really crystally. Yeah, I'm it just here for looks this. like a dessert. It looks like it's f- covered in 
sugar, you know? It's like, like, has a nice little scrunch to it. I don't know if you guys can hear it. I was about to say, <laughs> I really like bud that's, like, really full and, like, kind of mm-hmm. has a squish to it, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily crumble. But it's not going to crumble on yeah. you. Well cured. Yeah. It just feels like everything was timed correct. Yeah. They this know. Top shelf shit, they yo. They know. I guess I should just wait. I was gonna pass oh, I can around. put it in this one. Oh, okay. I can. I was gonna pass around another bowl while we waited for this one, but then oh. I was like, but then we won't really get a good, a good read sense on this one because we'll get too stoned off yeah. of the banana wonder. Yeah. So we'll smoke this we'll after this. <laughs> so you were Evans. You were saying something about how you like how the packaging is. So I've only bought in grams of Doc and Getty so far. I haven't bought in the eighths yet, but the grams, you like pop it and it kind of has that like over the counter, like uh, prescription feel. bottle feel with like the peely little mm-hmm. seal off, that gray, shiny thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought it was nice. It's not glass, so you can like recycle it pretty easily. But it's clear like glass. Like yeah. it's very yeah. shiny plastic. Or not yeah. shiny, but like it is very. Shiny. Yeah, it looks like glass. It does look like yeah, glass. Yeah, that was what the shiny. whole thing yeah. was just a second ago. It like definitely looks that like the glass. jars were glass. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like their... Oops. <laughs> I really like their labels. Like, I, I don't know. They give me that nice kind of homegrown, but uh, not homegrown vibe. I don't know. I just I love everything. Oh, um, <coughs> pick up the gram. I don't know if this is the same on the 8th, but this is just something that I was totally stoned, and I realized, like, holding the little... <coughs> canister <laughs> but the little docking yeti font thing is like raised just barely and it's like oh. a little attention to detail you know is it like it just kind of clashes is, it up a little yeah. bit tactfully nice yeah. is it yeah same on here oh it is, is it same on the uh-huh. that's awesome wow it is i didn't even think nice. that you know oh, if you so had like an ang- anxious thing or you just needed you know how some people just like rubbing yeah think like their hands yeah. on something this yeah. is totally the sensory this that's what i'm trying to say sensory tool yeah yeah super fan of the packaging no nice. but like the gram like definitely looks like a prescription bottle it's yeah totally, or it a does. little um camera film film canister yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah again that one hit me straight between the eyes but I you know. can taste that dutch the, like terpenoline uh-huh. flavor like that yeah. sprite citrus bright, lemon yeah. lime like yeah on the sides uh, of my tongue yeah that's so good yeah, my eyes are getting, like, heavy. And this one also <laughs> goes back to, like, in the middle of your brain. Uh-huh. That's like, what I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire optic nerve. Does the peace water help to, like, get the flavor of the weed more? Because I feel like I'm tasting more flavor. Or is it just docking Yeti? It's one of these two, like, dope Maybe bottles. it's clean water. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, clean bomb, and clean bomb. Clean glass. Clean Not water. water. It, it could water. also be saying. the peace water. Yeah. And then I think like you're also starting with an excellent product. Yeah. Docking Yeti is so, so good. good. Go get so you basically, some, y'all. These and two... tell them we sent you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> these two bongs on the table are straight up like the most elite forms of smoking weed right now. Yeah, because yeah. you got the so peace clean. water, you got the uh-huh. cleanness, cleanliness, you got the docking Yeti. You get gassy gas. Mm-hmm. We only smoke gas gas here at Cargill Studios. Yeah, Correct. So. We only know gassy gas. Exactly. So. That makes me think of fart jokes. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was just saying this is not a fart joke, but I was just saying that all I spend money is on gas and gas. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. funny. Nice. Yep. Nice. 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 
Okay, well, we're going to keep smoking this Doc and Yeti here. Thank you guys so much for, like, making such an awesome product, for really putting thought and mindfulness behind the choices that you make and the things that you do. We love you and hope to see you have a really long and prosperous career here in Washington. Yes, please. And if anybody is listening to this, either from Doc and Yeti and or know somebody that works at Doc and Yeti, please send this to them so they can hear our kind words. Because so, they should know <laughs> that people love them. Yeah. So, that. We love you. We love you. I'm going to load this bowl. You already have a, lo- a bowl. A load bowl. Yep. A bowl <laughs> loaded. I guess. I'm obviously getting higher. I don't think this works. Higher. So I think we'll have to use the same lighter. Or I, oh, no. Okay. There's two. Sorry. Wow. About I hope <laughs> you guys have all of your stuff ready for this really great conversation with charlotte blocker Mm -hmm. about measure 109 the bill Mm -hmm. the bill that got (laughs) passed in oregon this past this last year that helps no that gives a pathway to people for psilocybin therapy the languaging is very specific and we'll get into it in the episode but um yeah weeds not weeds mushrooms (laughs) Doggy Nanny, your product is so good. (laughs) Mushrooms are hitting the mainstream, you guys, and we are so here for it. Yeah, we are. So excited to talk to Charlotte. She breaks it down for us and helps clarify things, clearly. And she, I just want her and everybody to know that I love her voice. Oh my gosh, I know. Total Miss Honey Vibes. Matilda throwback. Love you so much. That you are so knowledgeable and smart and amazing. And thank you for coming on and telling us all about this information. Mm-hmm. It was definitely necessary. Knows her shit. Knows her shit. Knows her shit. All right, you guys, guys are gonna enjoy this episode. So let's just get to it. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Sorry, stone. Okay, We're gonna bye. Go. Yeah, go. Bye. Almost burned your hand. See, this is what Dutch Treat does. Yeah. It gets you really, or like, Dutch, you know, it gets you high it gets you and, goofy. Then, and then smacks you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the session. We are here with Charlotte Blocker, who is the, poli- or was, what, who is, was the political <laughs> outreach director for Measure 109, which was the bill in Oregon that, um, it wasn't decriminalized. <laughs> it didn't decriminalize mushrooms in Oregon, but it allowed a legal pathway to access psilocybin for um, therapeutic therapeutic uh, uses. And so we're here to talk to her about we, that today. Yeah, we clearly don't know what the, what we're talking about. So <laughs> let's talk to let's talk to a professional. Yes. Thank you, Charlotte, for being here. Thank you so much. Hi. I'm so I'm so excited to be here. Working on the campaign was a real privilege. Um, of course, the campaign has dissolved at this point. It's now January, um, but it will always, of course, hold a special place in my heart. And there's a lot of common misconceptions out there, and uh, probably a lot of info I can I can give you. So I'm really excited to to talk about um, my my baby measure 109 (laughs) yay love it um but before we like deep dive into measure 109 and like whatever all that is about we want to know a little bit more about you and your history both with cannabis with mushrooms with plant medicine in general um where where did your relationship with cannabis and plant medicine start i'm really glad that you asked me this because i don't think i've ever been asked it um but my relationship with plant medicine actually started when i was fairly young my dad was diagnosed with stage four hodgkin's lymphoma when i was nine and uh he struggled with a very 
deadly cancer for the next five years. And part of that struggle was medicating himself with cannabis. And so I grew up in a home with a cancer patient who was using cannabis at a time when it was not legal to use here in Oregon. Um, but I was able to witness up close and firsthand how it really helped alleviate a lot of the cancer um, you know, the struggles that he had, the chemo made him nauseous. He was struggling to eat. He dealt with a lot of pain. Um, and it was very easy to see how like the synthetic medication they gave him was Marinol, which was actually derived from marijuana. You can tell from the name Marinol. Um, but it made him very sick and very depressed. And so when he would actually just smoke, which I did see him do around me, he was he was much better and much happier. Um, and you could see how those symptoms would be eased. He could deal with the, the nausea from the chemo much better. So I, I grew up in a place where I was aware of cannabis as a medicine. Um, Additionally, I grew up in a county here in Oregon, which has more cows than people on the coast. And uh, psilocybin grows very well in that county and is kind of an open secret. And so there was a, sort of a community awareness of psilocybin as another type of medicine. Um, and I even remember talking to some dairy farmers who sort of referred to it as like God's gift to them. And they could just go out into their farm and, uh, you know, get it and use it and have it. And so... Although we did have the dare people come to our school and talk about it, I, I was aware of plant medicine in a much different category than I think a lot of kids were who got that same dare messaging, um, especially due to the grim reality that I was always facing at home, which was that my dad was in a really serious battle for his life with this cancer, so... What was that like as a kid sitting in those dare classes or workshops or whatever, where they're saying this is bad, 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 and you're at home saying, this is not, this is making my dad yeah. like somebody who he wants to hang out with me when he's just taking his pharmaceuticals. He just doesn't want to hang out with anybody, but this is so different from what you're telling me in this workshop. Like, what was that like? that cognitive dissonance or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely had to bring home the D.A.R.E. worksheets to be signed by my parents or whatever. Uh, both of my parents were paramedics, and so they were medical professionals. Um, and they would just kind of laugh and talk to me about it in a very serious way. Um, and just say, like, you know, this is something that maybe you shouldn't partake in while you're still developing, but it is something that can be useful. In fact, look at this medication that the doctor prescribed, which is a derivative of it. Um, and so, you know, my, my parents did a really good job, I think, of walking me through why that was a decision that was happening in my household. Um, but also in a very serious way, it wasn't like they were like, Hey kid, you want to hit, you know? Right. Um, so they, they took it very seriously and it wasn't the only topic, which they would disagree with my teachers on throughout the years for sure. Um, but I, I guess looking back on it and thinking about it now, I appreciate that they were able to walk me through it so early on. Um, I definitely didn't start partaking until I was over, you know, the age of 18 and, and an adult myself, even though it was present in my household, um, even though it was there and kind of being used, uh, you know, it wasn't available to me because they still took my wellness seriously. Yeah, of course. And I almost wonder if you... Because you grew up with um, the environment you grew up in, you know, you probably didn't even want to partake in it. You yeah, know, just like, oh, this is just like, yeah, this is just like something my dad uses and I'm just not into it. I, like, it doesn't, I don't need it for anything. I'm not sick, you know? 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, my my friends would be like, hey, you want some? And I'd be like, you know, my parents smoke, but they're not cool, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't like I I felt like I had to do it to fit in. I knew what it was. I knew what it did for people. Um, I I didn't think it was going to make me like hallucinate or or any of the um, sort of reefer madness propaganda that you see going around. I didn't buy into it. Um, and yeah, I think it, it helped me make kind of informed decisions as a teenager and as a young adult about what I wanted to use and put in my body. Wow. That's so cool. I think that's your parents are like a really good model on how to talk to your kids about cannabis and like normalization and education is key. And I think that's great. Kudos your parents. I know. What a cool, <laughs> what a cool way to grow up. Yeah. I mean, of course, you don't know it at the time, but, you know, looking back at it now, you know? Yeah. What a, what a blessing. How, how cool. At the time, it was as normal as, as normal as everything else around his very intensive cancer tr- treatment could be, um, you know. And, in fact, my, my dad had to have a stem cell transplant, was in the hospital for a very long time. So it was something that my life really orbited around was his wellness and this big struggle that my family was going through. But I realized, you know, I, I, I learned then and in the intervening years that it's a very common struggle. When I was a kid, I knew other kids whose parents, siblings, etc., dealt with this big C. Um, and, uh, you know, just witnessing it being used as a, as a medication was really my introduction to it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, uh, I guess a different introduction than I think most teenagers got, especially before cannabis was legalized for, for medical use here in Oregon. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. That's the most unique start I think we've had on the show. So. <laughs> for sure. And then once you did start using it for yourself, what was your, your relationship like with it at that point? You know, why did you choose to start using it? Yeah, well, you know, maybe because my dad was so sick when I was a kid, but as long as I can remember, I've always been a very anxious individual. And so once I started using cannabis and I realized kind of the effect that it will have on my anxiety, um, it was a welcome addition to my life. It's never been something that I've shied away from or been embarrassed about using, Um you know, I definitely have seen other people who have struggled with cannabis use uh, in their personal life, lack of motivation, et cetera. Maybe it's because I'm so high strung, but um, I definitely have always appreciated its presence and the availability of it. Um, and, you know, especially for the indica strains, the effect that it can have on my anxiety is is a really, really welcome thing in my life. So it's always been, I think, a good a good relationship and because when I was a kid, I, I saw the effects that it had on my family um, and the help that it was at a time when my dad was so, so sick. Um, yeah, it's always been a positive association and a positive relationship, um, even though, like I said, I, I don't think I really started smoking regularly until I was probably 20 or something, even though it was always around. Well, I feel like on that note, we should spark something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Nice. Awesome. Nailed it. What do you have over there? I have Nine Pound Hammer. This is my favorite strain. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Do you I, have a favorite person who grows it? 
No, um, I don't think so. I just, every time I, I go into any dispensary, I love to ask them, like, what's the heaviest, couchiest indica that you have? Um, and I'm usually pointed towards nine pound hammer. So it's been one of my favorites <laughs> since the beginning. Um, although I've had plenty of my friends refuse to partake of it because it's one that it's will, so yeah, it'll make some people take a nap. But for me, it just kind of brings me down to a, a sane level. <laughs> nice. That's, I like, I really like the heavy hitter indicas myself too. Cause I think my brain also just like run, 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 runs. And it kind of like helps it slow down. And then I can like read everything and figure everything out. Right. Yeah. You can stop the rushing a little bit. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Totally. I know. Yay. Thanks for sparking Thanks with for us. Yeah. Podcast. I'm excited. We are. We are smoking on our end of things. It's called uh, Clusterfuck is the strain. I don't know anything about it, <laughs> but it's a... I like the um, name. An inf- I know, right? It's an infused joint by a company here in Washington called Sauce Boss. And uh, we're big fans nice. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very tempted to get a, a big fancy blunt or something for this, but ultimately just decided on some regular buds since I've been taking a, a little bit of a tea break <laughs> and, uh, you know, didn't want to overdo things. <laughs> Totally. We have facts to get to tonight. Yeah, I can't <laughs> right, We got to have you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got statistics. <laughs> so how did you get into um, psilocybin and like mushroom work? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I have often kind of joked that the campaign didn't really have a choice, that no matter what, I would have found a way to be involved um and ultimately that comes from you know the way the way that i grew up with this awareness of plant medicine as an option um and the fact that both you know my my dad dealt with a very deadly cancer for so long uh both my parents were paramedics they both have ptsd related to being ems workers um is, my your, dad... is your dad still with us mm-hmm. Yes. Yay! Amazing. <laughs> I realized that we didn't have the end dad. of that story. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so stubborn. He stuck it out. <laughs> Good, for, Good him. for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, he's also a veteran. My grandfather's a veteran. Two of my four siblings are veterans. Um, so my my family in general deals with PTSD um, very commonly, um, and I have been able to sort of see how this unfolds in your everyday life in in unfortunate ways, in ways that are difficult. And so I've always kind of tried to stay abreast of what PTSD treatments are out there, what is working. You know, I troll the forums. I have to take a drink of something. I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. Everybody listening, <laughs> I know this would happen. Drink something too. Drink some right? water. It's a good reminder. Drink some water. We'll all drink some water. So, so yeah, I've I've always tried to kind of stay abreast of what PTSD treatments are out there, what is working for people, and you know, I think it was probably two years ago. One of my friends gave me um, Food of the Gods by Terrence McKenna. And then after I finished that book, I read um, Consciousness Medicine by Francoise Borzat. Um, and so I read these two books about psilocybin back to back. I had taken psilocybin recreational, recreationally before that. And for me, the experience of taking it was like, you know, somebody just got up into my brain and dusted everything off, all those boxes, like where you, you'll take something and you'll compartmentalize and you'll put it into a drawer and you'll close that drawer and you don't get back to it. Well, this was like somebody got into this old office building and just kind of 
cleaned it up. All of these experiences still happened. Um, they were still there. But my ability to access these thoughts and think about them had completely shifted in a way that was really constructive. Um, and if you've ever dealt with uh, PTSD or uh, trauma, you might understand how important that is because sometimes just touching those thoughts is so painful that you can't navigate around that part of your life. Um, so, you know, I... I had the benefit to be able to experience it and then read about why that experience was that way. And I was very, very convinced by both the experience and by both of these books that this is something that could help a lot of people. Um, and I actually very literally got the call out of the blue one day to join the Measure 109 campaign. At that point, it was still Initiative 34. Um, nice. And I, I, I had this talk, it was like a 20 minute conversation and I joined the campaign that day and kind of the rest is, is history. Um, when, when was this? How, how long ago was this? You know, this year has been so long, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was about a year ago. Um, it oh, it feels like a decade ago at this point, um, but I got the call to join the campaign last February. Um, cool. which, you know, in the spring here in Oregon, the spring before the election season is, is typically when these petitions will be working on their signature gathering phase to get enough support to get on the ballot to be voted for. So when I joined, it was just myself and the campaign manager, Sam Chapman. Um, so it's just the two of us. And we, we worked together for 10 days before the pandemic shut everything down and our campaign went fully remote. Um, and we kind of had to, just the two of us, rethink everything we knew about running campaigns um, and decide how we were going to do this, how we were going to manage to gather 100, what is it? It's 112,020 signatures that you have to turn into the Secretary of State in order to yeah. qualify for the ballot. Um, and we were like 63,000 signatures short when, when we had to go remote. So I got the call and pretty quickly, we just had to hit the ground running and think about how we were going to do this, how we were going to achieve it, how we were going to get those last signatures and get on the ballot. Um, but, you know, both Sam and I are, are people who really believe in the healing power of psilocybin. Um, and we really believed that this was something that, you know, Oregonians need now more than ever. And we were really in the middle of it and able to witness firsthand what that meant. When we, when I joined the campaign, we had been looking at statistics from the CDC that said uh, one in five Americans was dealing with clinical depression um, or uh, excuse me, one in five Americans was dealing with symptoms of clinical depression or anxiety. And that number just started to skyrocket. And I think, you know, by the time we qualified for the ballot, it was up to one in three Americans. And here in Oregon, wow. we weren't immune to that, right? Um, mm -hmm. Kind of America has been in this together. So it, it was something that we, we believed in when it started. Uh, but as the pandemic and the uh, the pandemic happened and the ensuing sort of mental health epidemic came alongside it, people losing their jobs, facing so much uncertainty. Um, now we're at 400,000 Americans lost, uh, so much grief, collective grief. Um, you know, it really, it really 
cemented our resolve in making this happen. So it's been quite a wild ride um, since I joined the campaign and it all happened very quickly. I thought that there yeah. was a lot more time between when you joined the campaign and when it all came together. I did yeah. not expect you to say it was February last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I've heard a lot about psilocybin, you know, people like trying, like testing the waters about, about how, how to get it legalized. Um, I think in Denver or is it all of Colorado where I it's, it's also, de de I, I guess I don't know if it's decriminalized or if it's. Um, yeah, yeah. Legal, legalish. <laughs> well, there's there's a, a lot of um, points to hit there. Um, one, I have to acknowledge first that this has been this particular ballot measure was crafted by two psychotherapists here in Oregon, Tom and Sheree Eckert. They live in Beaverton. Um, I I also want to acknowledge that Sheree recently passed away um, shortly after the measure passed. Um, so. Tom is still there fighting, fighting the good fight. Um, Cherie, unfortunately, is no longer with us, and we're standing on her shoulders every minute as women in plant medicine. Uh, she, she opened many doors for so many people. Um, and Tom and Cherie together worked on this for, I think it was five years. So they were really working on this, right? They wrote the measure, they rewrote it, they took it to lawyers, they rewrote it again. Um, and so I joined in the last leg of the fight to, to really coalesce the campaign on the ground along the, the usual campaign timeline. Um, just because I came in in this last year doesn't mean that that's when that, that battle started. And I just really want to acknowledge all the important work that the, the Eckerts did before I was ever brought on board. Thank you for doing that because they sound like amazing people. And yeah. I think uh, Mrs. Eckert is still with you, supporting you. I can feel her around. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think Sheree would too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the, other, the other conversation around decriminalization is also very interesting because quite oftentimes you will see things reported as decriminalization when really what it is is not broad decriminalization but rather reclassification. So Measure 110, which also passed this fall here, reclassified personal possession of most illegal substances. However, it is not still broad decriminalization as you might think. Uh, it's not like you could walk up to a cop and be like, hey, officer, look at my bag of shrooms. Like, the, the, <laughs> you'll be low priority on their list until you do that, but you'll still get arrested. But now you'll just get a small fine. Um, and that is the case in many places like Denver, like Oakland, um, where decrim nature has gone in and run these really great campaigns. Um, but despite their, their name, it's worth looking into the details wherever you are on what that decriminalization movement means, because in most cases, it was actually just reclassification uh, to like a ticket mm -hmm. and maybe a class instead of jail time and your life ruined. Um, so, you know, <laughs> wherever you are in the world, definitely look up the rules. And, and if there has been a decriminalization movement in your area and it has passed, definitely look into those details and see what that means. Um, because even though that campaign might have been successfully run by decrim nature, it might not be decriminalization as you think of it. Um, similarly, Measure 109 doesn't decriminalize psilocybin. Um, it just creates legal avenue for access to psilocybin therapy. 
but under Measure 109, you have to be at a licensed facility with a licensed facilitator. Thank you for clarifying, because I think it is, people don't think that there is a difference between decriminalization and these other options. You know, they think decriminalization and then that means we That's get it. wheat or we get mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> or wheat. Like it's I think yeah. it's true for yeah. weed too. Yeah. So like even I on my on our Instagram story the other day, you know, we were saying that we were going mm -hmm. to or you met you had mentioned sorry, something about <laughs> sorry, I just made you drop your pen. Okay. You mentioned something about um watching I think it was Measure 109 commercials oh, yeah. mm -hmm. on TV and I made a little promo about that and put it on our Instagram. And then put something about decriminalizing shrooms. And you messaged me and said, that's actually not right. It is just that we have reclassified shrooms so that you, there's a legal way to get them. And I, you know, thank you for calling me out because this oh, is yeah. how we learn is so that we can each Education. use our platform to educate each other. So. Yeah, although I definitely support broad decriminalization as people typically think of it, I do always try to correct people every chance I get because I don't want anyone to get in any trouble. You know, I don't want totally. anyone to think that like this is something they can just do and it's fine, whatever. It's like, no, you need to know, right. you need to know your rights and you need to be safe. Yeah, don't be walking around with Absolutely. like two ounces of shrooms in your backpack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, <clears throat> this keeps happening. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> no, no worries. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, yeah, I just want people to know what the rights are and to make sure that people are being safe at all points. And with Measure 109, you know, one thing that we realized was that a lot of people don't support broad decriminalization yet. Um, you know, probably your listeners here on this podcast are going to be very amenable to the idea because they're already fans of plant medicine. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that are just getting used to the idea that cannabis isn't going to ruin your life. Um, and the idea that, you know, people could just go get shrooms and be out there is just too crazy for some, you know, middle of the road voters. And so this particular measure was really strongly supported because it has so many safety measures in place. You know, you have to be at a licensed facility, you have to be a with a licensed facilitator, um, and there's a three-step modality. So you go in and there's a, a, a fitness assessment done where you make sure that this is something that you can do safely and you don't have any dangerous contraindications and you meet with your therapist, you get familiar with the idea of it, and then you come back you actually take the psilocybin, you do that therapy session, and then you come back again a third time and that's kind of a debrief with your therapist where you can talk about what you learned and how you might wanna integrate that into your own personal wellness going forward. Um, and so these safety measures are something that we realized that voters really believed in and appreciated were available. And these safety measures are something that really distinguish Measure 109 from a lot of the other psilocybin movements that you're seeing around the country right now. Wow. That's, That's awesome. Cool. It makes it feel so like low key. Like you go, you have somebody there to help you who can take you through the whole process. You just probably take a capsule. You know, you don't even yes, have to worry you're about not probably go you're not going crazy. Yeah, you're you not know, like shoving it's... down dry mushrooms yeah. down your throat trying to figure out how to even swallow them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tortillas. <laughs> Peanut butter. I've Peanut heard. butter. Peanut butter is a good a good way. But Yeah, our yeah. producer has a question. So what was just said about the whole physical well-being test and like the therapist preparation and everything is that what part of measure 109 was yes Those that was written into the the measure yes i feel like that's a really good way to keep
anxiety down with people who are uncomfortable with the idea of psilocybin and mushrooms mm-hmm. and whatever other um, plant therapy there is. It like helps people with the idea of it, not to be scared of it, because you know, like, with my experience, it's been kind of intense. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. hearing about that, it's like, wow, that seems like such a safe way to try it out, even... I don't know. That was just a cool little regulated thing now that I just wanted to chime in on. Carry on. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're 100% right, Evan. It's a really powerful substance, right? It's not yeah. the same as if you go to a dispensary and you get like a really powerful pre-roll and you go home and you smoke it and you just get too high and you're stuck to your couch. These experiences are really powerful and um, it's important, I think, that people have a safe space to be able to have those experiences um, and be okay. And we already know that there's a thriving, um, you know, underground market of individuals who will go sit with you through those experiences because it is so necessary. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just people who are unfamiliar with plant medicine. It was also people who are very familiar with plant medicine who really liked that those measures were built into measure 109. So Well, if you think about it, traditionally, like in tribal cultures, Mm -hmm. there was always the shaman to take you through your experiences. So it really has always, like, you know, there's always been, I mean, we call it a babysitter, but just like somebody to help facilitate your experience so you don't have to be afraid of everything that's coming. You have support, I guess. Yeah, and and Measure 109, um, right now we're entering into this, there's a two-year rulemaking period right now. Um, It started January 1st, um, and it will end January uh, 2023. And in the next two years, there's going to be um, all of those standards set. So there's going to be a standardized licensing process for uh, what you need to know in order to be a licensed facilitator for these type of uh, therapy sessions. Yeah, yeah. And that will be standardized across the state. And you'll be licensed by the, uh, the Oregon Health Authority, uh, which is the licensing authority for most of our healthcare professionals, our nurses and our EMS workers. Um, I think even if you're an LPC or an LMT, it has to be under the umbrella of the Oregon Health Authority. And so the licensed psilocybin um, therapy facilitators will fit under that same umbrella, same as every other licensed healthcare worker you would go to now. And then what about the growers? I was just about to ask, who's supplying the psilocybin? (laughs) Same thing. They're uh, currently, uh, they're they're setting up this board. It's going to be 12 to 16 individuals. And uh, over the next two years, they're going to hash out what it means to be a licensed facilitator, a a licensed therapy center, a licensed grower, um, and that will all be standardized across the state. So 2023. Uh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's, that's when the programs will roll out. There's so many theory. more questions from that. Yeah. Can the, facil- can the facility be a grower? Like, can you be vertically, vertically integrated? Or do we not know that because the rules are still being made? You know, I <clears throat> don't recall if that is written into the measure or not at this point. Um, some of these details are already delineated in the measure, which you can easily look up online. Um, And some of the details are going to have to be hashed out during this two-year rulemaking Mm -hmm. period by the advisory committee. Um, So 
I have to admit that I can't, I can't recall if you can be licensed for both at the same location. I would have to look it up, but uh, it's something you can pretty easily find, mm -hmm. uh, you know, by looking up the measure and probably control effing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll if it's, that. if it's written in or if it's not, yeah, the, the um, advisory board, the psilocybin advisory board that's being appointed right now will be selected by February, I believe. And I don't have the URL in front of me, but Again, a quick Google, you could probably get on that email list really quickly um, to get all of the newest information mm. about the measure as it unrolls. Now that the campaign has dissolved, I, I don't uh, have all of, you know, the newest, greatest information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the board's being appointed basically as we speak. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of details are going to shake out in the next two years. Um, but some protections are written in about licensing, um, including some protections about like the amount of licenses you can hold. And this mm -hmm. is something that we learned because of the way cannabis kind of uh, corporatized as it was legalized. Um, so there's a limit on the amount of licenses you can hold. Um, I think it's five centers, you know, or five grows. Um, you can't you can't own like 20 or 30 or all of them in the state. And that's kind of to prevent a big corporate takeover. Um, but yeah, I can't recall if certain facilities can partner therapy centers with a grow center, et cetera. TBD. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep our, our ears to the ground on that one. Yeah. That's so cool. And then just, I mean, just like the <coughs> cannabis industry, I think of all of the other in like tertiary companies that have been able to grow off of that. And just thinking of what some of the mushroom branding might look like soon. I mean, I know that it's still going to be probably fairly pharmaceutical for a while. There's probably not going to be like cool labels, but there's still like really cool stuff that can branch off of this. And then just in general, like mushroom art is so cool. You know, it's a, I don't know, there's a whole vibe already. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you said something about that, actually, because under Measure 109, there actually will be no psilocybin marketing the same way as we would think of cannabis. So you won't be driving down I-5 and see, like, a billboard with a bunch of mushrooms on it. Um, there's no marketing under Measure 109. So... Honestly, Give it a few years. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we, we probably will because that's the way everything goes. Um, and I'm sure that there will still be great art, et cetera, that comes out of it. Um, but, you know, it's it was something that was also very reassuring for, for voters to hear um, because quite honestly, yeah. yeah and, Tripping out through driving yeah. down the road. Well, and, and I can't remember who said this to me the first time, but someone on our team was... Uh, just kind of made the point that this will be no bigger deal than your therapy, like your therapy is now to your neighbor. So like, this will bother yeah. me no more than my neighbor going to therapy. Like it's, exactly. you know, therapy centers can't be near schools. Um, the therapy will only be available to adults. Mm -hmm. um, you have to go through the risk assessment. There's not going to be any branding. And so it's kind of going to be out of sight. And it's just something that's going to be happening on the back end to support individuals and is not going to roll out in the same way that cannabis did at all. That's what people always want to compare it to, right? Because it's another plant medicine, mm -hmm. but there's not going to be there's not going to be any um, dispensaries. There's not going to be any marketing. Right. Yeah. So it's really not going to impact our society in the same way that cannabis legalization did. Fair enough. That's Fair cool. Enough. 
Low key. Yeah. Even on the DL. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's not going to be any retail sales. It'll always be at those licensed yes. facilitators, uh, you know, sites with the licensed facilitator only, uh, no offsite consumption or possession, no mm-hmm. branding or advertising. There's going to be, of course, no unregulated or untracked psilocybin production, delivery, or inventory. Um, and therapy centers can't be in residential neighborhoods and there's going to be no access for minors. Um, sometimes I think what the measure didn't allow was more important for people to hear than what it actually did allow. <laughs> totally. So. No, that's absolutely a total point. Cause I think a lot of people don't even think about like what they can't do. They always just like assume that what they can do is right. And then they always get angry at when they do something that they can't do. It's better right. to know what you can't do. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I think it's very normal that people would want to conflate it with cannabis so immediately mm-hmm. just by nature of the product. But really, it's apples and oranges the way Measure 109 is going to roll out and the way cannabis exists currently in our space. So um, as much as possible, when I was on the campaign trail, we tried really hard to separate those issues. Um, even though some of our biggest allies like Tokativity um, had already existed in the cannabis space. Um, so it was it was something that when talking to just the average mom and pop soccer mom type voter, you really didn't want them to have that association because, yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. different. So this is, it's just like so neat that I can go to a therapy session and like that could be my therapy session. Would is like microdosing? Would like long term microdosing be okay? If you go would you have to go to the facility? Like no. every day. Yeah. yeah. Like your coffee, you know. Well, coffee yeah. and a microdose. So so this is one of those things that is gonna be that annoying answer yeah. where we're gonna have to see yeah. what happens in the next two years. But yeah. Under Measure 109, yes, you would have to go to the therapy center, take the psilocybin mm-hmm. there, and you would only be signed out of the center once the psilocybin basically had left your system. So I oh. don't expect that microdosing oh. will be something that we see under Measure 109. Um, but I'm really excited to see where, um, you know, the current science around microdosing is so powerful, so prolific. I, I imagine something will come up soon about it that will, uh, you know, target it more directly. But I don't imagine under Measure 109, you'll really see microdosing. You'll see those full-fledged, you know, fully psychotropic experience doses totally. happening under Measure 109. Hero doses, (laughs) seven grams to the noggin. You're ready. Um, No, yeah, right. Oh god, no. Yeah, that's scary. So unnecessary. (laughs) But just give it twenty years though, and there will be. You can buy. You'll be able to buy microdose like aspirins, but it's psilocybin at the at the gas station. Oh yeah, like it's going to be a small enough dose that they will like have studied. That this is this yeah. dose is fine for people to drive on or whatever, and you're gonna be able to buy it at the gas station. Yeah. You know, like- one thing I found really interesting recently was uh, a new study came out that showed how effective psilocybin was for chronic migraine sufferers. And unlike some of the other studies, which are centered around like PTSD or depression, um, it, it showed that like sub-psychotropic levels, like a microdose would be really effective for treating chronic migraines. Um, 
And so it's going to be really, really interesting to, to see what the science leads us to follow with those smaller doses, because it's still going to be a very powerful and useful medicine for various issues, even at smaller doses. I fully believe that. Um, but I, I just don't anticipate under measure 109, you'll really see yeah, it happening. Yeah. 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 Totally. No, we're, we're just playing in the future. This, yeah. is, this is once we've gotten to measure 149, <laughs> one, like 379. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's um, so funny. So who's a good candidate for psilocybin-assisted therapy? Sure. Um, immediately, two friends of the campaign came right to mind. Uh, first, Chad Kusky. You may have seen him if you were watching some of our, our commercials. Um, his story was also front page of the Oregonian at some point over the summer. Um, I think he did 12 tours Um in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, yes, he had a very long military career of like 32 years before being military, uh, before being uh, medically retired. And uh, of course he dealt with combat trauma, PTSD levels, I hope I can never empathize with. Um, and he talked very openly about how being able to seek psilocybin therapy, I think he left the country to do it um, somewhere else. Um, but seeking psilocybin therapy just completely changed his life after that. Um, and I definitely encourage everyone listening to this to, to check it out. Look up his name. It's K-U-S-K-E, Chad Kusky. Um, you can, yeah, you can find a couple of interviews by him, a couple of articles about him. It's really, really powerful. Um, and he was one of the, the first friends of the campaign that was really willing to talk to the media, to step up and say, I have done this, this has saved my life, and this is how, and this is why. Um, but later on in the campaign, another friend uh, was also willing to speak up, and her name is Mara McGraw. Um, and her last name is M-C-G-R-A-W, Mara McGraw. Um, she also did several interviews and uh, she is currently dealing with a cancer which her doctors don't expect her to survive. Um, and I think she had a, a seven pound tumor taken off her liver. Yeah, and she's dealt with a lot of medical trauma. Um, and she was uh, also willing to get on a camera and say, this has changed how I'm thinking about dying. This is changing how I'm living my life and loving my friends and my family and in the time that I have left, because it's probably not a lot of time. And facing something like that, this is something my family went through, right? They, the doctors told my family that my, my dad would not survive. Um, and so, you know, the fact that he's still around is wonderful, but, but he had to face his death and then he didn't die. And it's very traumatic, I think, to, to be told, you're probably not going to survive this, whether you do, which is fantastic, or you don't. Um, and being able to face it with bravery either way, I think, is, mm -hmm. is incredibly difficult. And so Mara was willing to speak up. But, you know, these two friends of the campaign are not the only people, you know, we, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but we called thousands and thousands of Oregonians <laughs> just phone banking them. And I had tons of people tell me, you know, oh, I, I had a miscarriage and psilocybin changed my life after that. Like I had cancer and psilocybin changed my life. Um, you know, I, I went through something that was sexually traumatic and psilocybin changed my life. Um, lots of, lots of different ways that uh, people can experience trauma 
um, or even just general depression or anxiety. Um, and psilocybin is such a powerful substance for individuals who really need to be able to build those new pathways. You know, like I said, for me, it's like somebody went in and cleaned out like an office I wasn't even willing to go into. Um, and it doesn't change that these things happened, uh, but it can really dramatically shift how you think about these experiences and how you go about your life afterwards. Absolutely. I would attest to that. I would too. I was about to say like, I would, I used psilocybin after my traumatic experience and like that totally saved my life. Like it totally was, I was able to like see it for what it was. And I was like able to come out of it, like appreciating the experience. Cause it's like just my life and that's what it is. And now I'm here, the, the person that I am because of it. Yeah, I think for me, it like got me off of the track that I was on, which was like the standard American quote unquote dream that we are now realizing is not really good for anybody. <laughs> and I feel like taking psilocybin, it like knocked me off the track and showed me that there was a different way, mm -hmm. you know? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, if, if anyone is is curious about this, just a quick Google will bring you so much information because so many rigorous studies at leading medical research institutions have been done about this. There's, you know, like Stanford and Harvard and Johns Hopkins and Purdue. Um, the VA is even starting to do its own independent research around psilocybin therapy. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's just study after study after study, which will show you how psilocybin is uniquely effective in treating things like trauma, depression, end of life anxiety, and um, even addiction. So, you know, I think that I, I do want to go out there and say that I don't think psilocybin is for everyone. I don't think that it's necessary that everyone give it a try, but I do think that it, it shows so much promise. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm not, I'm not the only one saying that the FDA did breakthrough therapy status twice very recently, um, because it demonstrates so much improvement over what's currently available. Um, and it's got a very good safety profile as well. Like it's a, you know, it's not addictive, it's not toxic. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of people would be good uh, you know, maybe a good fit or might want to consider maybe using psilocybin therapy, a ton of people will fall under that umbrella. Um, and for a lot of different reasons, uh, trauma, depression, end of life, anxiety, addiction. Um, like I said, there's even that recent study about chronic migraine sufferers. Um, I heard on the phone multiple times while phone banking people that cluster headache sufferers, it's kind of an open secret in that community as well, that psilocybin therapy um, you know, I, I had, I think, two or three people tell me, like, I, I was going to kill myself because my cluster migraines were so bad. Oh. And then I did psilocybin and, you know, so it's a lot. I think a lot of people will will find that there might be a place for this medicine in their life once it's available. And just to always have it as an option, mm -hmm. you know, that's all, mm -hmm. that's all like the supporters are asking for, yeah. for yeah. just to be there as an option. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if you never, if you never choose to do it, that's fine. But if you do, it'll be an option for mm -hmm. you too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's, that's why I said like that, that idea that this won't bother me any more than my neighbor going to get their migraine medication now bothers me. You know, it's such a, a powerful idea because this really was angled to be a medical therapeutic mm -hmm. application uh, for psilocybin. So. 
so cool. I'm so excited to see what comes out of the next few years with the ruling advisory board. Yeah. So many questions. <laughs> I know. I know. I wish I, I wish I could just have a window into the future to see what this will look like in like 10 years when it's normal and people just kind of do it. Um, I yeah, I think it's going to hold an important place in, in life once it's, you know, fully integrated and normalized, uh, hopefully normalized. So, which is a good place to say, thank you for doing what you do, because I think normalizing plant medicine use is really important. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for what you do yeah. and what you did. I'm and... not doing anything. <laughs> sleeping. I'm sleeping and eating casserole. Well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved sleep. Oh, wow. This was so informative. I love all of it. I Thank know. you so much for coming on and like talking to us about it and, and sharing a learning. Journey. Yeah. Sharing a joint. Learning. We don't get Teaching. To... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. Keep setting it down, but I'm going to spark up again. My tolerance break is working. I feel like normally I would have smoked this down by now. Nice. Nailed it. Nice. You can make it last. Make yeah. that joint last, yeah. sister. <laughs> Favorite. Right? Yeah. Um, so where can people um, find you online, or where can they follow more of what is going to happen with the the rulings and the legisl legislations if they want to learn more? Where, where do people follow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely recommend that if you want Measure 109 specific information, find the, the at vote yes handle on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. That Instagram is still active and is still releasing current information about the measure as it unrolls. Um, I'm sure there's also an email list, which you can probably find through the Oregon Health Authority website, um, just by Googling like psilocybin advisory board. Now that the campaign is over, you know, I, uh, I don't really have like an email list blasting out information to anymore. I'm thankfully done writing mass emails. <laughs> Um, but there's still information coming out from our social media. Um, but you know, you can always find me, my, my handle on Instagram is Multnomacoma. Um, <laughs> and I, I will also probably be posting about this as things get legalized and I'm always happy to answer any information. Um, yeah, like answer any questions I can about the measure as, as it rolls out, um, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot changing right now and a lot is shifting, but um, definitely getting on the email list for the, the vote yes on 109 campaign uh, or getting on our social media and following what that is putting out is, is probably the best place to start. Sweet. Wonderful. I'm, I'm so interested. I'm like, where's my phone? I want to get <laughs> onto the, onto the yes 109 Instagram so I can follow. I'm just so interested in <laughs> know. knowing the rules of like what this all means. I know. So, and hopefully yeah. we can get something going in Washington too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really just the, the beginning. We're seeing a lot of plant medicine movements around the country, uh, mm -hmm on a lot of different fronts, uh, some for more decriminalization, which Measure 110 was, or, um, or decriminalization as it's normally talked about, which is really reclassification, important <laughs> distinction. Um, but you know, you see a lot of decriminalization movements, a lot of reclassification happening as a result of those movements. Um, and then Measure 109 is really the first in the nation to take this uh, therapy angle. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens here under Measure 109. Uh, because it is structured quite differently than anything else we're seeing in, in the rest of the country. So, can't wait to watch it unfold. Yeah, I, know. I love it. 
yeah, hopefully I can come back in a couple of years and answer way more questions about what it means and, and yeah. what's happening. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. We'll have to do a follow-up in like, <laughs> what, two years yeah. when they yeah. all roll out all the rules and then you can help us dissect what that means. Yeah, I'd be happy to. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte. We re- really appreciate it. And we yeah. had so much fun with you. Yes. It was really fun to talk with you. I, I hope I was able to answer some questions. Um, definitely feel free to find me on Instagram or whatever and And uh, yeah, definitely follow the news and it'll be really exciting to see what happens. What an amazing conversation. What an amazing woman. She's amazing. She's amazing. (laughs) She's amazing. And what she did for Measure 109 was amazing. Yeah. And what she is doing and continues to do for plant medicine is amazing. Absolutely. So thank you so much to Charlotte Blocker for... Um, for having this awesome conversation with us. We really appreciate it, yeah, and we, we got so educated. So yes, we did. thank you for clearing some ignorance, and yes. keep doing it. Yes. I can't wait to meet back up with you so we can talk about the um, council, mm-hmm. the rules committee. Right, how it all, like, how the structure all happens uh-huh. and how, how it, it all starts to exactly. roll out. I know. I'm I know. so excited. Same. So stay tuned for that part two of this. Yeah. And thanks to all of you guys who are lending your ears to us crazy freaking gals (laughs) you're amazing and we love you so much if we or our conversations spark something in you please let us know rate us and review us it helps us a ton uh you can follow us on instagram and cannabis at chronic gals underscore podcast hang out with us there and see what we're up to we want to know what you're up to tell us what you're smoking are you guys do you guys like doc and yeti what another farm you want us to feature? Let us know. Let us know. And if you need to re-up on your Chronic Gals, please join us every other Thursday at 9 p.m. PST, live on Instagram for CG After Dark. Also, check out Ashleen's new podcast, Wait, I'm Processing, <laughs> found on all podcasting platforms. Throw down on the Chronic Gals. You can support us for less than a dollar a month on Anchor or send us a tip on Cash App at dollar sign Chronic Gals. We are a self-funded project, so anything helps. Can't wait to light up with you on the next episode of The The Chronic Chronic Gals. Gals.